0: right you guys episode 102 is about to start with Robbie Farlow and just a heads up I had a weird thing happen to my microphone as I was recording this podcast and it looks like my computer did not recognize that it was plugged in So my laptop recorded my voice and it's super quiet, but I went in and adjusted the volume every time I spoke. So hopefully it sounds decent enough for you to understand what I was talking about. And regardless it's an awesome episode because we talk about a lot of great stuff and we also talk about star wars for a good 15 minutes so if you've seen the last jedi you will enjoy this episode so here we go hopefully the quality's not too bad and sorry once again let's get right to the episode Welcome back to another episode of Cut the Shit Get Fit. I'm your host, Rafael Matuszewski, and joining me today is Robbie Farlow. Say hello. Why, hello, everyone. Uh, So, I always like to start the show to kind of break the ice for the audience. So, what do you got planned for the weekend?
1: A whole lot of nothing. Okay, I'm going to say a whole lot of nothing. Uh, I need to finish reading uh, the second time through this year, The Name of the Wind. If you've never read the amazing work of Patrick Rothfuss, uh, stop everything that you are reading right now. Go to Amazon and buy The Name of the Wind and read one of the finest pieces of American literature ever penned. Um, But I got to get through that. I got another like 400 pages. Uh, And then getting some stuff ready for something I'm launching in January. Uh, So trying to get things ready for that Uh, and also trying to get myself out of that like holiday days where I'm like So that's it I don't do anything exciting
0: (laughs) This this week after like Christmas like people are like what day is it where am I I feel bloated (laughs) Like Trying to get back to reality is such like a hard switch to get back into it Yeah you
1: know like it's hard for me because once I get out of my routine,
0: dude, I'm like
1: I'm like a toddler. If I don't like have my routine and things get in the way, I throw temper tantrums. Uh, my mood gets all pissy. I just turn into a complete shithead. Um, so trying to get back into my schedule is like, Ugh, I gotta get up at 5 a.m. again. Uh, but it's so cold outside of the bed. You know what? I'll just sleep in. I'll be fine.
0: Um, so for the audience, let's get uh, you introduced a little bit. So can you tell them who you are, what you do, and how did you get into this industry?
1: Uh, well, as, as you mentioned in the intro, my name is Robbie Farlow. Uh, mostly go by uh, Farlow, because dudes, as we are uh, apt to do as men uh, and boys, we just call each other by our last names. Uh, if you have a last name that you can pronounce, I'm sure for you... Uh, uh, it was a little harder for your friends to pronounce your last name. So they probably just called you something, uh, shorthanded or just called you by your first name. Um, but, uh, I, uh, I help guys in their thirties, make their thirties better than their twenties, uh, help them, you know, build muscle, lose body fat, feel more confident, increase energy, be the the husbands, the fathers and the men that they want to be, uh, physically and, and mentally and emotionally. Um, that's sort of where I am now. How I got into the industry is I started, um, I started with my podcast, and then the podcast moved to online coaching. Uh, you know, I was a, a trainer, uh, and then started working online. Um, and most of my clientele when I started, because the way I see the world is through the lens of video games, comic books, uh, and ninety-five percent through Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars is like the Bible to me It's just how I see the world Everything I do can be related back to a scene in Star Wars uh, In one way or another Um, But nerd culture And those stories and and uh, Is who I am So I sort of started in that vein um, I guess sort of similar To how Steve Cam started with nerd fitness um, Though At the time I had read maybe two things Steve had ever written So I didn't really know a lot about him And what he was doing uh, And just did my own stuff um, And, you know, SideQuest Fitness just kind of became the place where uh, I wanted, uh, you know, heroes to be born and, and people to be made more awesome and uh, leveling up their health and fitness and life and, and whatnot. Um, so that's it. I mean, that's really sort of how I got into it. Uh, the podcast opened up some networking abilities. I got to know people in the industry that are far more successful than I. Uh, I met them face to face, got involved in some some business things with them, and 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 have grown as a writer uh, and uh, grown the business since then. So, uh, honestly, man, if it wasn't for everyone else around me, I I wouldn't be where I am today
0: awesome like you made a good point though because like in our industry because i think i I it was alan cosgrove that i interviewed and he was saying that in our industry so many coaches are almost like mean to each other they're in direct competition but if you actually collaborate and work with the other professionals in the industry it just makes it that much better and i just never understood when you know went to a gym and all the trainers in competition with each other it just doesn't make sense it's like why not make the industry so much better by working together
1: yeah i mean a rising tide rises all uh, raises all ships you know it's not just run out here by ourselves um you know and uh i think the biggest thing that has helped me you know is networking with with people uh and getting close to people like john romanello uh brian cron um you know, uh, uh, Jen Singler, Dave Delanade, uh, I mean, I could, I I don't want to name drop, but like, I, you know, I I worked at Mark Fisher fitness for a little while. Like I've worked at one of the biggest gyms in in the world, um, you know, and met some really um, amazing people, but I've learned so much just from interacting with them on Facebook, uh, from, you know, having dinner with them and just getting to know who they are. Um, and that, you know, they're going to have a niche, That works for them. I have my niche, you know, people come to me because they like how personable I am. I mean, I've, I've had countless people in the industry be like, Robbie, the reason I like reading your stuff. And the reason I like, like interacting with you is that you have a fucking personality. So many people in the fitness industry have no personality whatsoever. And then they meet me face to face and they're like, you're the same person on the internet as you are, you know, face to face, which is a huge compliment. Um, but people come to me for that. If you want science stuff, you're going to go to Greg Knuckles. You're going to go to Brett Contreras. You're going to go to, you know, Lane Norton. Uh, if you want, you know, personality and story and, and nerd references, you're going to come to me and probably Romanello and probably, you know, Steve cam and it's, and- some other people as well um but you know working together we make it stronger for uh for all of us it's, it's not you know a dog-eat-dog world
0: well, that, that makes sense and like one of the questions i kind of wanted to get into and i'm happy you brought this up is like the personality of a coach is so huge and like for me i'm like finally coming out of my shell but you know typically in the beginning when i started my career i was a huge introvert and i even remember starting this podcast if anybody like listened to my first episode, it was so horrible. It was like uh, the worst thing ever because I was just so scared. I'm like, oh my god, I'm recording this and it's going to be out there forever, right? I think for newer coaches, it's really tough for them to kind of show their personality, show their like vulnerability. And I was wondering like if you have any advice for the newer coaches out there. They're kind of scared to kind of really show their true colors because in reality, if you do people are attracted to
1: that the greatest thing that uh was ever said to me uh and i know john goodman of the personal trainer development center has has said this before and you know i i credit roman uh john romanello with saying it um because i think it was the first person i heard say it and i was just like yep you're the guy like you said it you're gonna have that quote forever um people don't buy coaching they buy coaches uh, and you could know everything in the world. You could help me, you know, with a torn labrum, repair it, and be able to, you know, to bench press all over again. You could help me with hip issues uh, and make me walk better. But if you have the personality of wet toilet paper, I don't want to. I don't want to talk to you. Like, I need some excitement. I need some like stupid jokes. Uh, I need you to feel like you're a human being. If you talk science to me the entire time, I'm going to tune you out. And I think most people are that way. Um, Yes, we appreciate the people that can make us think and can give us all this knowledge. But knowledge without personality, without entertainment, is useless. There's a reason people love The Rock. He's entertaining. He's the greatest entertainer on earth. And he's still a good down-to-earth human being. You know, and he will still do the thing, you know, talk things and and motivate you and and inspire you, but he's entertaining. You know, you flock to him because he has that personality. Um, You know, people don't necessarily flock to, you know, the serious actors, um, you know, because they just seem too serious all the time. The goofy ones you love because they have a personality. Um, So for anyone out there, just be yourself. Fuck what anyone else is doing online. I don't even care if you want to, like, write an article that sounds like me. Like, don't do it. I mean, thank you if you want to sort of copy my voice. I am I'm, I'm I love that compliment. Um, but be you. Be you. Like, I curse a lot, and I cursed a lot in my podcast. I curse a lot in my writing, and I don't give a fuck what people think. My grandmother called me one day and was like, Robbie, can you stop with all those curse words on Facebook? No, but you know what I can do? I can block you from ever seeing anything I ever put up again. And I did because I'm me and I'm not going to like feel ashamed for saying something like fuck or shit, you know, and edit myself. Um, so don't be afraid to be who you are. Uh, whatever that is. If you want to talk about why Buffy the Vampire Slayer is the greatest television show ever created, which I did, then talk about that stuff. If you only talk about bench press and squat all the time, People get really, really bored of that. You will connect with more clients when you talk about the things you're passionate about. Because the reason that I am where I am today, physically, you know, uh, fitness-wise, and even in the business, is because I picked up a book about four years ago, five years ago. Uh, four years ago, whatever. Four or five years ago. Um, and it was a fitness book written by... None other than himself, John Romanello. Uh, I'll suck his dick so much. Like on this show, you'll hear me talk about him all the time, but that's just, he's hes my bro. He's the reason I'm here and in this industry. But I picked his book up and reading the book, I was like, okay, cool. Weightlifting, weightlifting, weightlifting. Oh my God, Star Wars. He's going to talk about Star Wars. Oh my God, he loves brand new. He loves talking about taking back Sunday and emo music. I'm not alone. And those three words, I am not alone are the three words that made me feel like I can do this thing and get in shape and follow this guy because this guy is me. So you might feel really, really shamed or ashamed to talk about the things you love, fuck that. Let other people know they're not alone.
0: That was really good advice. And I think another person who does really well is uh, Mark Fisher. I remember when I first started in the industry, like his name kept popping up and I'm like just seeing like some images and like the unicorn stuff. I'm like, this guy is so weird, but I really like it and I want to know more. And then you could be like a complete like executive at some giant corporation and you see something like that. It's going to intrigue you and you can be the complete opposite of who Mark is, but his personality just like explodes on you and you're like, I need more of it, and you don't know why, but it's because it's who he is.
1: Yeah, yeah. Just, just be you. You know, just be you. Don't be ashamed of who you are, uh, and talk about those things. Let those things be the things, uh, you know, that that uh, that you talk about, and do that in your email. You don't have to do it in every single blog post you write, but be you in your email. Let that be the place you're the most vulnerable.
0: Now, the other thing I wanted to get into is, like, your podcast. Like, why did you start it in the first place, and what made you, like, think of, oh, I need to start this and get my voice heard?
1: Uh, So back in the day, uh, nearly three years ago, uh, there was this website that I used to track my workouts, being the video video game nerd that I am, called Fitocracy. It's pretty much dead now. Uh, Don't even go to it. Don't use it. It's trash. Um, <laughs> um, but I enjoyed it back in the day. Uh, and I was like, you know what? They're starting this online coaching thing. They're doing coaching. Um, they need a podcast, a podcast for, for photography that uh, could profile their coaches and their clients and everyone who has succeeded. I pitched the CEO on it. Um, and he was like, well, I can't do it. If you want to do it, you can do it. But it won't have any ties to photography. Uh, And for a while, I called it the unofficial podcast of photography and interviewed coaches there uh, that were working on it or had articles written there. Um, And I started it, you know, for them in hopes that like they would see what I did and and, like bring it on and help grow that that even more. Um, But after a while, they didn't care. And the more I found out, they were about to go under. Uh, So I was like, fuck it, I'm going to do my own thing. Uh, And it had kind of become its own thing. Um, So I started just continuing to interview people in the industry um, and just using that as a way to get to know people in in the fitness industry. Uh, I got to meet them in person at at conferences, ask them to come on the show. They come on the show, get to know them on Facebook, interacted with them. Really, the podcast was my way to network. Uh, I don't know if that's something I would suggest everyone do these days. Um, You know, if it is something that you want to do because you do want to talk to people about fitness and, and ask them good questions, Ask good questions and don't even just talk about, like, reps and sets and shit. Like, really get to know them. Like, do your research. Um, And then it just became my own thing. Uh, I started doing solo episodes, doing my own thing from that. Um, And then uh, I just killed it a couple of weeks ago because my heart's not in it anymore. Uh, I love talking to people. I love being on this side and being interviewed. I love talking and interviewing others. But I'm a writer, and writers write and my heart just was not uh not in doing the podcast anymore uh you know if someone out there wants to edit a show uh for me and do all the show notes I don't want to do that anymore I'm tired of doing it it's three years of it <laughs> I'm tired <laughs> um but uh I, I just started it and I did it because I love talking to people and that's that's really it
0: but like the good thing that like the way you come across is you're so self-aware of where your strengths lie. And the fact that you figure that out is huge because I can't remember who said it, but it's like, you know, when you're trying to build your online brand, like figure out what you're really good at, if it's writing, if it's video, if it's podcasting and stick to it and do it if you really enjoy it. And for me, like when I started my podcast, I didn't think I was going to start interviewing people and be really comfortable because I remember my first couple episodes interviewing People in the industry, I like almost threw up. But now, it's like, like it's really fun. Like I love talking to other coaches and like yeah. figuring out like what they do. And I'm like, oh shit, that makes a lot of sense. And I'm gonna start doing that. Like it just and it helps the industry too because now I have more people listening to this. And as I add on every episode, it keeps growing and growing. I'm like, this is awesome. And I'm just chatting with a person for an hour. But, uh, yeah,
1: yeah, dude. And, and to be honest, I was nervous as hell when I when I started. And and you will be. Anything you start at that's new, you're going to suck a lot. Like you're going to be, you're like royal, the, the king of sucktitude when you start anything brand new. But you got to start and you got to put in those reps. You're in the gym, you're going to suck at the gym when you get there for the first time. Um, but you put in the reps and over time you get better and better and better and better and better. And better. Um, so yeah, and, and I agree. Something, know your strengths, know what you're good at, and really go after that. Um, but one thing I will really harp on to anyone, uh, who's trying to start in this industry or is starting, you can be great at video. That's awesome. Be great at video, learn to fucking write. You can be really great at podcasts and interview people. That's awesome. Learn to fucking write. Words will last longer than any video you ever put up on YouTube or Facebook because they will always be there that video five years from now might be below millions of other videos and people can't find it unless it goes viral and really does get good hits. But you're not guaranteed that you're not guaranteed that with words either, but you have a better chance with Google search if you're a good writer to get your stuff noticed. So whatever you do, know your strengths, but get better at writing.
0: No, <laughs> oh, that's true. And like, interest like, I always <laughs> try to look into the future and, these like home speakers like the google home the alexa and everything um they're starting to pop up a lot more and people are like oh it's going to be all video it's all going to be voice because with these home speakers they're going to do everything for you but if you actually use the google home or any of those other speakers if you ask it something it pulls up an article from the google search or whatever search engine it's using and it summarizes it so it's still like writing is going to trump over everything And I think a lot of people are just moving into video and audio and forgetting about writing. So now there's going to be this kind of little pool of just a few writers that are kind of might end up on top, but that's like my prediction, what I see. But, uh, I think John Romanello is a huge advocate of like, you need to write every single day and just get better and better and better at it.
1: Yeah, dude. And I'm, I like, I I will repeat everything Roman has ever said because without him, I'm not here. Uh, And following his advice, like I've told him jokingly that 85% of the, if I listen to 85% of the things he and my wife told me to do, my life, my life would probably be a lot better off Um, because when they're right about something, they're both usually right about something and they both say the same thing. So I should just shut up and listen to them. Um, But yeah, I think you're right about that. I think, Video will be strong, and I'm pretty good on video. I have a degree in theater, for fuck's sake. If I'm not good on video, then I sucked at learning how to be an actor. Um, So I'm good on video, but writing is where I want to be. It's what tortures me every day is words. Uh, It's what keeps me up at night. It's what, uh, uh, you know, if I can grow my business and hire someone to work for me, they're going to do all the things that I don't want to do so that I can spend more time writing.
0: (laughs) But like also video, like the fact that you mentioned that you have a degree in theater, like I can't remember what uh, online webinar thing I was watching, but they had one of the speakers, they had Tony Horn as one of the speakers. And I was like, oh fuck, here we go. I'm wondering what he's gonna talk about. And he actually talked about how the world's going into so much more digital with video and like, you know, if you go on the news or whatever as a coach, like he actually suggested that all the coaches watching this, they should go get acting lessons, so you don't look like a complete doorknob on video, staring into the camera like a creeper. And I'm like, that makes a lot of sense. Like, yeah, classes. But,
1: um, yeah, but it, it's it, the thing about acting in in more ways than one uh, is, you know, it, it, your favorite Hollywood actors, who, whoever they may be, Maybe they could be comedians. Uh, they can be serious actors. You know, I make fun of Will Smith uh, a lot in the last couple of years. Um, I'm a big Will Smith fan, like getting jiggy with it. Uh, Wild Wild West, uh, Will 2K. Like I bought all of his albums, man. Like I, I know I know the beginning of Wild Wild West. Uh, off, you know, like I could just do it right now if I wanted to. I won't because I'll butcher it because I'm just that bad at it. But I do know all the words, most of the words. Um But a lot of the things that he's done in the last few years, except for the NFL concussion movie, it's like Will Smith is just Will Smithing all over the screen. And and you know, like you're listening to this right now and you know what I'm talking about because you see it. Seth Rogen does the same thing. I love Seth Rogen. I have been told I remind people of Seth Rogen, and that is a great compliment. I will take that anytime. But, you know, he does the same type of characters. A lot of people do the same type of characters. And acting, in many ways, is just you discovering how to be more comfortable with yourself. And if you're not more comfortable with yourself, if you don't understand, uh, you know, the deeper parts of your own psyche, you're going to be uncomfortable on stage or in front of a camera. Um, So, yeah, I would say if you're in the industry and getting started and you want to do video, take an acting class. Um, Just film a video of you, like, doing video. Uh, talking about whatever like nerd out on the book you just read that like you are super boned up about and like you really love like put that on video. Um, but just uh, learn to be you and embrace you and love every aspect of you. And, and it, it will come through on video.
0: No, that makes a lot of sense. And I was going to bring up like you read a lot of freaking books and I was wondering, <laughs> like, did you get that like characteristic from Mark Fisher? Cause he's another guy that reads like a shit ton of books. Like, <laughs> how do you find the time to read so many? Uh,
1: I will say this. Uh, Mark listens to most audiobooks on, like, 2X speed. I couldn't do that. Like, I, I'm i a fast talker, and I know that. Um, but listening to it on 2X, like, I, it would be too easy for me to tune out. Um, brain works. Um, no. Uh, so I wrote about this in uh, the... Uh, uh, about the 26 lessons, I, kick-ass lessons I learned from 26 books that I read in 2016. It turns out it was 27. I forgot another one. Uh, I did that this year. forgot two books and didn't take pictures of them. Um, so this year I read 39 uh, but listed 37. Um, what happened is in 2016 uh, or right around the, the end of 2015 uh, the man... Second to John Romanello that I had to thank for uh, most of my success in, in writing and getting published and, and everything else is, is Tanner, my good friend Tanner Bayes. Uh, we were talking about writing, uh, and, and Tanner is an avid reader, I mean, uh, a voracious reader. Uh, and we were talking, and he was like, how much do you read? I was like, meh, not that much. And he goes, Robbie, look, if you want to be a writer, if you want to be better than where you are now and you have the amazing potential to improve, you've got to start reading just start. You've got to do it. If you want to be a better writer, you have to read. And because of me being a competitive person and wanting to be better as, as, as in every way that I can, I knew he was right. Uh, and something that, that I thought about at that time was, you know, if you really want to succeed at fitness, if you really want to succeed at losing, you know, body fat, building muscle, the easiest thing you can do is practice where you want to be and where do you want to be? Well, you want to be doing what Arnold was doing or what your friend Bob is doing. What does Bob do every day? Well, Bob eats lean protein and veggies. Cool. So practice eating lean protein and veggies. Now, are you going to turn into Bob overnight? No, but if you practice what he is doing and that's where you want to be getting there will be a lot easier. And for Tanner, what he did every day was read. And I was like, all right, that means I have to read. So I, I, instead of writing at 5 a.m., I get up at 5, get my coffee made, and I sit down and I read for an hour. Because if I want to be a better writer, if I want to be a more well-read you know, reader, I have to take that hour a day. Um, so from 5 to 6, I read every day. And reading every day for an hour, sometimes more, you know, if, if it's like a Sunday morning um, – got me through 37 books. So find an hour. You have an hour in the day. Stop checking Facebook. Stop jerking off first thing in the morning. Sit down and read for an hour. Don't check email. Don't do anything. Don't even make breakfast. Just fast for an hour, drink some coffee and read. And that's what I do because I know where I want to be is more well-read and how do readers get better at reading? How do they read more books? They read every day.
0: No, that makes sense. And like, you know, in our world today, like we keep getting notification dings and everything like that, and it's kind of hard to get away from those distractions. But I think I was reading one of John Goodman's like posts or something like that, and he actually has a laptop that's not connected to the internet or anything like that, so he can just like hammer out some writing and not be interrupted. And I'm like, that makes a lot of sense, like because like with my macbook like i get every notification like hitting my front screen and i'm like it's so annoying
1: dude i i will tell you right now the biggest thing you can do in anyone listening to this the best thing you can do turn off all notifications from facebook twitter instagram they all you only see them when you open the app turn them off even if that means you put your phone on airplane mode for the first hour in the morning, so you get none, put it on airplane mode. But all of those, turn them off. If someone's texting you at 5 a.m., then it's probably an emergency, and you probably need to check it. If not, don't look at it. If the only thing that you don't turn off are text messages, you know, for an hour or two to get some work done, you'll get more work done uh, by by doing that. Um, so yeah, don't no emails, no notifications on emails, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat instagram none of it turn them all off get no push notifications uh it has been a lifesaver because the weird thing about it is that like you get that notification and you get that kind of stress you know you're like oh i gotta check oh i gotta check oh i gotta check and that happens all day every day and then all of a sudden you're like why am i so anxious all the time because those notifications come in and you feel like you have to check it turn it off turn them off get your work done, get the things done that, that provide you meaning first, and then go check that stuff later.
0: Now, out of the, all the books you read this past year, like, if you had to take like two or three that could <laughs> really changed the way that you thought about life or business or anything, like, what would they be?
1: Well, first and foremost, uh, the name of the wind. I like, wrote, again, i bringing Roman up, Roman's been on this tirade for years and I finally read it last year and I was like, all right, I get it, I I understand. Listen, self-help books are great. They're amazing, I read a lot of self-help books, but the one place where you will find the answers to life, answers that will touch you in the deepest core of your soul are not in an Eckhart Tolle book, they are not in some Tony Robbins book, they are in fiction. Fiction will tell you the things that you need to understand about life. That's why I see the world through the lens of Star Wars. Star Wars speaks to me in a way that I honestly cannot put into words yet. Someday I will, and I will dig deep to to find that. But The Name of the Wind is so beautifully written, and there's so many ways where Rothfuss talks about music, and he talks about the way it moves your soul, and he talks about the way you can look at, at a beautiful woman. And how you can feel in that, uh, you know, in and, and the way that that human beings interact with one another. And and just it's an, uh, just such a beautiful book. So The Name of the Wind, hands down, go pick it up, read it. Uh, it'll be the best 600 some pages uh, you've ever read in your life. Um, I think the other one from last year was one of the first ones I read called The Prosperous Coach. And the biggest thing I learned in 2017 is get people on the phone um you know coming up in the online world i was sort of raised and the people will fill out your application and then you respond to them in email and then you pitch them and you sell them and you like get people on the phone take an hour and really talk to someone ask them good deep questions and listen to them and when i say listen i mean shut up like uh i i, apologize. I, I don't want to butcher rafal is that rafal yeah Rafal, see, I told you I'm bad at names too. <laughs> I wanted to make sure, Rafal, I didn't like mess it up and I knew I was going to do it when I said it the whole time. Uh, I was like, you're going to screw his name up. Um, what you're doing right now, you're letting me talk. You're sitting there and listening. And this is the best example you can have of what you should do when you get a client on the phone. Rafal is listening. He is not interjecting every time he has a thought he's letting me lead the conversation. It is not about you. It is about your client. So shut up, let them talk. And if there's an eight second, uncomfortable silence, let that silence go. Let it keep going. Eventually they will tell you what they're really struggling with, but you got to get them on the phone, talk to them. Um, besides that, um, uh, I'm trying to think of some other books that really sort of, uh, changed some perspective, uh, from last year. Um, Oh man. Uh, God, now I, I want to think about like what I, Oh, uh, Stephen King on writing, um, just really well done. Uh, a lot of things, uh, he talks about in that, uh, his sort of memoir on the art of writing, uh, was really good. Um, uh, I guess that's sort of it.'m um, I'm, I'm spreading out a bit more this year and reading some more some more in-depth things. Um, but, uh, but those are the first three I, I guess I can sort of think of.
0: No, that makes sense. and like that whole you know being silent, like when I started getting into the online space and training clients online, like you know, when they fill up the application form, I get them right onto Skype. And I always tell them like the first time we're talking, it's going to be like a first date, you know, like we're going to see if we mesh together, if we like vibe together, maybe some sparks will fly and then we'll figure out if we're going to continue. And then the great thing that I figured out about Skype is like with those long pauses, like it doesn't have to be awkward because the other person might not like think that you're waiting. It could be like a lag, like, you know, how Skype kind of cuts out. So I like on purpose just to have them keep talking. And I'm like, boom, sales technique right there. (laughs)
1: but you know, but Rafael, that's something that, uh, you know, that's one, that's one big thing. I, I, I learned in 2017, um, you know, my, my wife and I have been going to counseling for the last few months. Um, and you know, that's one of those things when I, when I say that, I'm sure someone's going to hear that in their, in their ears and go, Oh God, Oh God, their, their marriage must be on the rocks. No, I, I will tell anyone the best thing you can do for your relationship uh, is go to a counselor, um, even if you're the you're the most communicative couple, uh, even once a month, because we don't see often our problems, and oftentimes having someone on the outside who can ask you questions that you haven't really thought about can help you clear up uh, some miscommunication things. Um, but that's the biggest thing that I've learned, you know, through this, this counseling course uh, with my wife and uh, and just you know coaching this year is that listening. You know, you might think you knew all the answers. You probably don't. So you should probably shut up and listen to someone else. Um, listening is something that we don't do in today's age. It's so easy for us to put our opinions up online, in a tweet, in a Facebook post, in a text message, but no one really listens to other people. And if you want people to feel connected and, and like they matter and you want people to feel, uh, you know, loved and cared for, shut your mouth and Listen. And I mean that in every relationship, whether you're client trainer, uh, you know, whether you are husband wife, boyfriend girlfriend, um, husband husband, uh, you know, boyfriend boyfriend, whatever your uh, you know your preference is, shut up and listen. You know, your best friend is speaking. Shut up and let him talk, and just listen. Um, and I think that will help people connect more and solve a lot more issues.
0: Yeah, it's so weird, like when people talk about like, oh, I'm going to go see my therapist. They're like, whoa, like, what's wrong with you? But then you say, oh, I'm going to go to my physio. They're like, oh, hopefully you get better. Like, it's such a weird thing. Like, people will pay lots of money to go see physio or Cairo, their dentist or whatever it is for your body. But the moment you say, I'm going to go see my therapist, everyone's like, oh my God, like, are you suicidal? Like, no, I'm just trying to talk through my shit.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And that's such a, that's such a horrible thing that that's what we think that, you know, you know, one one of the books I read last year was about grief, um, which I'll admit as a man, I'm sort of like, whatever grief. I'm just going to bury my pain down inside with some whiskey and i just go lift some weights. And then I'll listen to brand new in a dark corner and cry and be an emo kid because uh, Black Heart forever. Um, you know, I, I think these things, but like thinking about the things that, that do hurt and having conversations. Um, about them is the only way really to bring healing. You can't just bury this shit inside. Um and a therapist doesn't mean you're mentally unstable. It doesn't mean anything. I mean, a therapist is someone you can go to and talk to, you know, in the past, we went to shamans. You know, we'd go to a shaman or a guru and and for spiritual guidance. And that's sort of how I see things with you know, a counselor is that oftentimes, yeah, you have problems you can't get through. but ninety eight percent of the time we know, how to solve our problems. We just can't get out of our own way. And a therapist is going to shut up and listen and help us break down our walls so that we can get past those things. Um, so no, I, I it, it does bother me that that's what people think, but you know, um, it's, it's something I, I will talk about more in the next few months. Uh, cause I, I've learned a lot through this experience.
0: No, like I remember because um, when my wife and I were both Catholic and in order for us to get married, we were supposed to do um, like these marriage courses through the church and then the priest signs off and is like, okay, we'll do the ceremony. and I think it was over a span of like four weekends in a giant group that was getting married that year. And like I thought I was like, oh my God, this is so stupid. I don't really want to do this. But honestly, I had like the most fun going every weekend with my wife just hanging out and, like, just learning stuff and, like, listening about relationships and what you're going to encounter. And I'm like, this is actually not as bad as I thought. And I think, like, for 2018, that's another thing I want to do is, like, like couples counseling. Like, why not better your relationship? Like, as coaches, you know, you take so much time for self-development and, like, continuing education, but, like, how much time do you actually put in for your marriage or your relationship? Like, it, yeah. it should balance out.
1: And, I, you know, I would I would say... You know, I sort of look at my our therapist like a coach. You know, uh, one of the biggest things I will tell anyone, and, and whether you're listening as 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 a actual trainer or you're listening as someone who just enjoys working out, the best thing you can do in life is get a coach, because you think you know how to solve your problems, and you're probably not looking at things the way you should be looking at them. So get a, a, a couple's coach. You know, a counselor for uh, to coach you through to have a better marriage. Get a financial coach, get a a fitness coach, get a you know, or, or or a health coach, whatever. Um, get a coach for whatever. Um, yeah, you can google things and you can you can be an autodidact and really learn things yourself and do it yourself. But for most people, having that accountability and support and that someone else gives you is money well spent. And as long as the, as long as that money is spent improving you and your life, it's always money well spent. You don't need another TV, you don't need another... Okay, maybe you need a Nintendo Switch, and by you, I mean me. Um, You might need those things sometimes, but not all the time. Um, Pay for the things that is going to improve you and your life, your relationships, Um, and that's that's stuff that I've realized is far better to spend money on.
0: No, you're completely right. I we we spend way too much money on shit that we don't need, and then you kind of just fall into uh, a vicious cycle of just you know coming home after work, turning on Netflix, and then going to sleep. Like that's not fun.
1: No, no.
0: Um. So the other thing I wanted to get into is like, what did you think of the last Star Wars, the Last Jedi? <laughs> all right,
1: all right. Here we go. Here we go. Gloves coming off. Gloves coming off. Anyone who is listening to this right now. Okay. If when you left the movie theater you thought, I hate this. This is awful. This is not my Star Wars. You are wrong. A hundred thousand million gazillion billion percent wrong. I, I like really got close to Mike on that one. So uh, you're wrong. You're wrong, because this is exactly what we needed. Number one, I am so pissed that George Lucas tried to science-fy, that's not even a word, tried to explain through science what the force was. It's bacteria, and they're called midichlorians. Wow, thanks, George. You took away all the mystery and all of the myth by telling me it's a bunch of bacteria. Like, there's a part of me that's kind of like, "Eh, okay, cool, gut bacteria, like now that we're getting into the science of that, like kind of affects your brain. All right, maybe George was kind of reading some of that stuff, and you're like, "Eh, there's like midichlorians in my stomach that tell me to eat more ice cream all right fine no no that is wrong and now luke went back in that entire monologue when he tells ray that the jedi fell and they did fail because they are not as strong as the sith and the sith are far superior but we'll go into that a little later um that they they failed for that they, they demystified the force in the prequels they remystified it in this and it brought it back to that, that, that mystery, that aura, that, oh, my God, could this be a part of me? Uh, and not trying to give me some scientific explanation. Um, a lot of people are really pissed off about—spoiler, uh, if you haven't seen it—Leia supermaning across the screen after the explosion. Um, wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. You should not hate that. You should love that. Because in all the comics and all the books, it was alluded to that Leia was far more powerful than Luke. So to every woman, you know, out there who's so, you know, in the Leia and loving it, and people who've talked about, you know, the great sort of feminist principles that, that this Star Wars sort of harped on, you should be really glad that they included that because Leia is far more powerful than Luke. And that's the one time they show it. The one time. They might have shown it more in episode nine, but sadly Carrie Fisher died last year. So we'll never get to know what was going to happen with her there. And some people are like, oh man, it would have been a great way for her to go. Yeah, but they already had filming and had the whole script so they can't rewrite the entire movie and refilm it. I mean, I guess they could, but it would have destroyed Ryan's vision of the film. Um, People are mad about Luke. No. Luke being pissed off and angry and upset that he failed is the best thing to show because Luke becomes his father. And if you understand the hero's journey and the monomyth laid out by Joseph Campbell, um, you know, at some point the son has to Uh, You know, uh, resurrect the father. uh, Pinocchio, sort of in the same way, save the father uh, and and reconcile with the father. That's a part of uh, the hero's journey and the hero's mythos. Um, But it's interesting because Luke doesn't go to the dark side, but he shuts himself off from the Force and he becomes his father. You know, there's that moment he almost becomes Vader and kills someone, does the most anti-Je thing and people are like, oh Luke wouldn't do that. I'm like, no, no, no. Luke is faced with a choice there that as human beings, sometimes we're faced with. You know, like, do I break the vow of this this value that I hold that is so important to me because this one person could destroy it. And then he realized in that moment, I can't do this. And that's when Ben Solo wakes up. Um I think you know, story-wise, yeah, the canthabite stuff, I wasn't a big fan of, it kind of slowed the pacing down. Uh, That could have been taken out and I would have been okay with it. Uh, I got the political undertones that Ryan Johnson was kind of going with and meh, fine, whatever. Um, uh, And I love the ending where the kid, you know, uses the force to bring the broom to him and stands in the stars. And it's like, hope hope is still there. Like what this kid is looking at is what we all felt like when we first saw star Wars, that we could just pull a broom to us and do all this stuff. Uh, And then, you know, in in the end, Luke becomes this myth again, Luke becomes this myth that stood up, um, you know, to everyone. So his story ends up being, uh, you know, the hero in the end. I think it was fantastic. I love what Ryan Johnson did with it. Uh, I, am really, really impressed with it. And I think in the end, you know, uh, people will, uh, will come back and be like, you know what? I think this is just as good as empire.
0: No, like I really enjoyed it. Like it brought back like the fantasy feeling again and I was really excited. And then when I started seeing some reviews where people thought it was stupid and it wasn't as good, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, it really bugged me. I'm like, I really liked it. And I started like researching other articles. Of other people's explanations why people thought it was crap and the interesting one I found and I wish I had the length to share it but this woman was talking about that the people that grew up with four five and six back in the 80s are probably now middle-aged men that are like kind of expecting like Luke and Han kind of leading the whole show but in, in this one you have two strong female leads you have an asian woman that kind of took over the screen the african-american and a millennial that can't control his emotions as a bad guy and i was like that's a very interesting point but
1: yeah. it, there you know there's part of that i would agree with and there and part of that that i don't agree with i think uh kylo Ren, oh my god i'm so in love with kylo Ren. uh i i believe the sith are far more powerful than the jedi uh just hands down they're more interesting as characters anyways uh, and I think many people shy away from the dark side. Uh, and what I loved in this is that Luke basically went, yeah, the Jedi are basically just as blind and as ignorant as the Sith, uh, and that's why they toppled. Uh, and I love that he pointed that out because I think that, and I'm going to write out this at some point, why I think being a gray Jedi, having using the dark side and the light is what you really want, and not being beholden to one um, is obviously the best way to go. But Kylo Ren is what Anakin Skywalker should have been. Anakin Skywalker, there's like, don't I don't even want to get started on that. There was no conflict for him to turn. It was just like, oh well, I guess this is the part of the movie where like we kind of have to bring Darth Vader in. So here he's gonna kill everyone. There was no conflict, none. He just did it. Like it, there was no turmoil within him. There should have been more than that. Um, but Kylo Ren is what Anakin should have been throughout the whole thing. So that's why I love that character. Um, and you know, some of those things I, I can kind of agree with. You know, I've read some things, uh, and this is going to some other things that, that we don't have to talk about. Uh, you know, where someone was like, oh, you know, Poe Dameron, is, he's that version of toxic masculinity that we don't need. And I'm like, guys, he's a hot headed character who gets put in his place in the end. He's driving a plot point, and he's like, I get it, but uh, we don't need to go that far into that realm. Um, the, you know, like, two strong You know, female characters, whatever Strong female characters Can be in Star Wars, it doesn't all have to be Male driven, and again Let me point out, Leia was stronger than Luke Leia was stronger than Luke So There, point defeated Um You know, and the, uh, and the thing about like Uh, you know uh, uh, well, now I'm forgetting his name Um Wow, why am I forgetting the character's name? you um, like a black guy being on screen, whatever. I mean, like, I, I don't see all that stuff anymore. Star Wars to me is is so diverse and, you know, they could do a Star Wars with an alien as a lead and I would totally be okay with it. Or a Twi'lek. Like, let's do that. Let's do that where, like, a Twi'lek is, like, uh, you know, uh, a main character. Because... It'll be a male or a female, but there will be no like race to it because that is a an alien race. So it doesn't matter who's who is who is in that. Um, so none of that stuff really bothers me because anyone can be in Star Wars, like anyone. Um, but I think people get upset by that because, you know, Hollywood was what it was in the '70s and it was what it was in the '80s because you know that things are getting broken down. We're seeing more, you know, uh, gender breaks and 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 traditional casting not so much um i think it's i think it's great where they're going i think it's going to be uh it's going to be fantastic um you know and and where they go and what they do with it i i think ryan johnson gave us a great story to to burn our past and kill our past and allow us to move forward and that's what we have to do uh you know star wars is no longer for those of us who loved it in the 80s and 90s like star wars like, Star Wars is kind of a big thing right now. Like, it's bigger than the Beatles. If it had come out when the Beatles were around, the Beatles would have been like, hey, we're smaller than Star Wars. Like, it, the Beatles would have never said we're bigger than Jesus. So uh, it would have never happened. Um, I, I, I think it's in good hands. Uh, I, I hope Disney doesn't make any mistakes. Uh, but, you know, we'll 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 see what happens. I'm really not worried about the universe and the stories uh, and what they tell.
0: But you're like, I was gonna agree with you, Kylo Ren. Like, I can't wait for the next movie just to see his character develop. Like, that actor does such a good job expressing his conflict and emotions, and I'm just like, we need like a whole movie just on you. Well,
1: and I, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't tell uh, something with, with him in some way. But I, I think, I think nine ends with his death in some way. I mean, he is, he's like. You know, Carrie's, Carrie's dead. They, they, they And they said they're not going to CGI Princess Leia. So the Skywalker saga ends with Ben Skywalker or Ben Solo. Like, it ends with him. And it was likely probably going to end with Carrie. So whatever they're going to do, they're going to have to do it, you know, now with any with, with Kylo Ren. So the Skywalker saga is is over with. Um, I would argue that it's over with now. And I think Ryan Johnson kind of tried to do that. And, and he was like, that, that's it. The Skywalkers are done um but you know we'll we'll see what happens
0: all right so i think we should uh, get into our last question because we're at an hour um where can people find you online do you have any big projects coming out that you want to plug in and anything else we should look out for
1: Yeah, awesome dude uh rafal thank you for for having me on on the show uh like i said it's it's always fun to be on your end, you know, and ask the questions, but it's so much more fun to be the one getting asked the questions and then get to talk about myself for an hour. Um, but if you want to know more about me, you can find me, uh, my website, sidequestfitness.com. Uh, Sidequest, like in a video game, uh, and then fitness, obviously. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, SideQuest Fitness. Uh, Instagram is SideQuest, at sidequestfitness. Fitness. Twitter is SideQuestFM. Uh, FM because of the podcast back in the day, and I can't add any more characters now, so it's just Sidequest FM on Twitter. Um, if you want to find me personal on uh, Facebook, Robbie Farlow, I don't usually accept friend requests, like if you're a complete stranger, because sometimes people try to sell me Ray-Bans and other really stupid things, and I'm like, well, what? who are you? Um, if you do friend me on Facebook and you're a listener, Please just slide up in my DMs and be like, yo, what's up? I heard you on the show. Wanted to friend you. You sound like a really cool cat. Uh, And then I'll accept your friend request. So hit me in the DMs first. Um, I do have a a really, really cool uh, group coaching thing that I'm launching in January uh, 15th. It kicks off. Sales happen the week before. Uh, It's all for men, men in their 30s. Uh, I've been in the last year doing a a, uh, Make Your 30s Better Than Your 20s 30-Day Challenge, and I'm taking a lot of the things I learned in that and applying it to group coaching. Uh, Working with me one-on-one online, you know, it can be expensive. Group coaching is going to condense that, make it a little cheaper, uh, and you're going to have an amazing Facebook group. Uh, Everyone's going to be working together, keeping each other accountable. Um, But I'm launching the pack, as I'm going to call it, uh, in January, January 15th. That kicks off. Uh, but ladies, if you are listening at some point, uh, you know my email list right now is kind of like eighty percent guys, twenty percent women. Uh, I will do uh, a, a program called the Badass Warrior Princess program uh, at some point. Uh, and I'll probably just name everything after Buffy and Zena and Ray and Black Widow and things. Um, but uh, but that's that's things I'm doing in the future. But yeah, the pack is coming out in in January and uh, and I am really super stoked for that. So, uh, Rafal, thank you so much, man. I've had a I've had a blast.
0: No, this was awesome. Just thank you so much. For- All right, so that's going to wrap up episode 102 with Robbie. And again, I apologize for the sound quality. I am super annoyed and almost wanted to re-record every question and go from there, but. I don't think it would sound that great. It was just all over the place. So from now on, I promise you guys, every time I interview somebody, I am going to test the recording before I get into it because all I do is a sound check to see if, you know, the microphone's working. But for some reason, Skype did not recognize my microphone and I'm super poopy about it. But again, thank you for you know, toughing it out. If you listen to the entire episode and you weren't one of those people that listened to the first 10 minutes and was like, ah, fuck this. I'm not going to deal with this for an hour. Uh, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I apologize once again. And again, please, please, please share this podcast to grow it. I'm seeing huge spikes in numbers of new listeners. So please, please, please share this podcast. And until next week, you guys, we'll see you then.